welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast, postseason uh, edition. I'm here tonight, uh, a couple days after what was supposed to be uh, just a magnanimous drubbing of the Arkansas Razorbacks by the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, fate had other turns, and uh, and we had no bowl game. But uh, as always, I am here, and I am joined by my co-host Grant McGalliard. Grant, how are you this evening? Uh, I am doing great, Parker. 2021 um, went off to a great start. Set a new record on the Sunday New York Times crossword today, uh, and I won some money tailing your advice for the bowl game. So really, things are looking up uh, in the new year. Yeah, very, uh, very pleased. I'm not going to lie. the 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 latter half of the bowl week, the latter half of week two in the bowls, kind of, kind of life caught up with me a little bit. I think I was three and three in the New Year's Six, for instance, um, but had a couple picks I was proud of. Yeah, made a little money. Hopefully you guys made a, made a little money uh, just following, following my advice. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of this offseason do... Th- this is going to sound like a flex and it's going to sound like super arrogant and I don't want it to. But Grant, I, I did these numbers in like 20 minutes. Um, you know, I just like, hey, I think this is what it's important. Here's, here's how I'm going to calculate this. And then boom, I'm going to run it and then I'm going to update it every week. I really haven't done a lot of like back testing or anything. And so I'm actually really excited this off season to kind of one, go back and retrospect and say, you know, I only picked certain games, but if I had picked every game, what would my record have been? What would I be doing? Mm-hmm. And then also kind of do some of that, like a little bit of machine learning, a little bit of understanding, you know, what is the data telling me about what the data is telling me uh, and, and tweak that this off season. So I'll be doing plenty of that as well. There's, there's great reward in working really hard and spending a lot of hours on something and it paying off. I get pretty much the same amount of pleasure from guessing and getting something right. Yeah. It is a delight. So I'm not saying you guessed, I know you have, you know, all that, but putting that together in 20 minutes and getting it, that's really fun. That's like, Oh, I was like, I came into this having everything and I nailed it. Yeah. Which is, you know, it just, again, uh, people look at me and they say, Parker, how is it? How is it? Is it hard to be this handsome and smart? And I say, yes, it is. It is hard to be this handsome and smart. Can I, can I, because you got to brag, can I brag from when I was in like the eighth grade real quick? Yeah, because, absolutely. That's great. Okay. We, we used to do this competition called the Knowledge Bowl. Okay. And uh, it was teams of four and it was like written down answers to questions. So we had an eighth grade team and then there was a team that was made up of high school seniors and the questions were the same. And uh, one of the questions was where in the body are the islets of longer Hans located? Um, uh, and you had to take like, you know, dual or AP bio to know that or an anatomy. And so the, all those seniors like, oh, they will get that. They will get that. And I just said, you know what? Let's just put down pancreas. And it uh, turns out that's where the islets of longer Hans are. So we got the question right. We wound up beating the seniors. Uh, but I, I knew that going into an anatomy in, a, in high school just because I was, I will always remember where the islets of longer Hans are from that guess. It's, it's the top five moment of my life, which... That's hilarious. Lot, yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the guess where I was right is, is a, is a wonderful feeling for sure. It's, it's, it's awesome. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. not to make a parallel here, I think TCU has been trying to do right or get right by guessing a lot. And uh, yeah, they the, haven't the, had the same success. The flip side of that is that, you know, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword and you find yourself mm-hmm. in situations where you haven't done your homework and it gets, uh, <laughs> gets real warm in the room real fast. Um, and then Alex Delton is suiting up. And th- and you then you ask yourself, uh, yeah, am I living in a shotgun show? Uh, yeah. So speaking of things that are warm, Grant, I, I want to talk about. Uh, I, I know you have some takes that are probably really, really, really warm concerning um, one Thomas J. Herman, former head coach at Texas uh, 
University of Texas, the the Longhorns. I don't know that that is his middle initial, but it felt appropriate for the moment. So timeline for everyone uh, at home who knows, Chris Del Conte about December 12th says, uh, it is December 12th, I looked it up, says, you know, Tom Herman's our coach going forward. And then they try to hire Urban Meyer and it doesn't work out. And you think, okay, maybe Tom Herman's going to be hired. Uh, maybe they're going to extend him. And turns out he is not extended. He is fired despite winning a, a uh, an Alamo Bowl. So, um, Grant, yeah, talk to me about landscape of Texas, landscape of the Big Twelve. What uh, what does this do to things? It's not so much that Tom Herman was fired; it's that they so strangely managed his firing. Um, Crystal Conte is a good athletic director. We know this from his time at TCU. Uh, I think he kind of got ramrodded by the. Texas by other people at Texas because Del Conte puts that statement out I know him and I know people that have worked with him that say hey he's not going to go back on his word you know that's not the way he operates all that and I don't think it's a, a ploy to like trap recruits and all that it, I really do think this is uh, <laughs> some voices in the room got very loud and told Del Conte to uh, to axe Tom Herman Tom Herman was a middling football coach that coached a really really good program or historically good program with all the resources and so if you give a middling coach all those resources he'll win nine games and he'll occasionally win 10 I think he did once uh maybe twice don't yell at me Texas fans uh but he never really threatened to win a conference title he never had one of the best 10 teams in the country I don't care how they finished it year to beat Georgia and it was just kind of stagnant and they didn't improve this year, even though Sam Ellinger was supposed to be an all-world quarterback. By the way, Sam Ellinger declared for the NFL draft this year or this week. Um, and so it was time to make a change. They just should have made the change on December 12th instead of making it now after they beat Colorado in the uh, whatever bowl game that was. And um, so it's a weird spot, Parker. It is very funny. I will tell you that. It is It is a, a comedy of errors, um, certainly. And yeah, I, I really think that uh, there, there is no crazy like college football crazy, right? And, and, and Texas has some of the most, um, some of the most potent uh, crazy in, in the world. And so I really do think that the way you are going to end up succeeding at Texas is very similar to the way you're, you know, Nick Saban came into Alabama in 2007 and said, shut up. I don't care. Give me three years. And if you don't like it, then fire me. But then he started winning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and somebody needs to come in. Uh, that's that's going to be Steve Sarkeesian, uh, um, as we've learned this weekend, and, and really just get on the right foot and say, look, all of this, you know, he said, she said, drama uh, kind of nonsense is, is high school and it's not conducive to winning football games. All you rich, dumbass boosters need to put your ego aside for a minute and let me run this program. That is That would be the best thing in the world for Texas. And Tom Herman clearly couldn't do that. Um, Crystal Conte looks like maybe he struggled and is starting to get back on top of that, but then who knows, this could be the exact inverse of that given the, given the timeline. So, um, I am I'm, I'm uncertain. You, you knew they were going to make a move. Obviously Herman got recruiting back to where it had been, uh, Charlie strong, clearly out of his element there and, and kind of lost it, uh, falling as low as like 30, which for Texas is just insane. But again, you have the most resources, you have the best players, why aren't you winning? Uh, not to mention the fact that Texas was losing recruiting battles out of state uh, alarmingly. Hold on. I'm Googling to see if Mensa has a job board. Uh, it does not look like they do. 
That's a shame. And I can make that joke because Tom Herman is getting $15 million not to coach Texas. Um, so I do not feel bad about his being unemployed for the moment. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Parker. And I think that, um, yes, the boosters should not run the program. And Del Conte and any athletic director should not make personnel decisions based on the whims of the fans. But also, there is not a single Texas fan that I saw on social media uh, when I was – being peeping Tom on the Orange Bloods forums that wanted Tom Herman to remain. I, th I mean, I think that program had kind of reached a point of no return where, again, they weren't making progress on the field and they were certainly losing progress off of it. Sarkeesian's an interesting hire because I do think he has a really good offensive system. And part of that is, you know, coaching Alabama, where you and I, I think, could win, probably win eight games as an offensive coordinator there. But he didn't. Go back and look at his record at Washington and USC. It's not like he was winning 11 games a year. Um, and the expectations are, hey, you're going to win 11, 12 games a year and challenge for the college football playoff. That's something Sark has never done, even though he's been at two power five programs that one that has made the playoff Washington and the other that, you know, is one of the is probably a top 10 program in the country. So I, I hope it works out for Sark, but um, I'm not convinced. Yeah, and I, and I think this is going to take me into a, a a segue that I kind of want to to go down. But um, Steve Sarkeesian has proven that in uh, a, a controlled environment where the systems are in place of you know recruiting and culture and all that that has been built, uh, he is able to make excellent talent overwhelm uh, opponents mm -hmm. uh, at Alabama. Uh, specifically, he he's adapted. He is he has learned from really really good offensive minds, and he has created an offense that uses you know cutting edge frontier, really really interesting stuff. Texas in buying Steve Sarkeesian is buying uh, the gosh I hate this word, and I don't mean this word in this way. Buying the rehab uh, of Saban from a yep. from a program. Yep. So I'm going to say that I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to I'm going to kind of reference a tweet I made. Uh, good lord, so people are animals about Sarkeesian. Yeah. Just awful, horrendous, small, terrible things. And that makes me sound like a talking head that's crazy. But it's like the dude had a just a personal problem with, with substance abuse that was public and terrible. And Texas fans are like, LOL, hide the booze in Austin. Dude, go, like, go outside, read a book, yeah, think about yeah, your life. What there. the hell? Not there. Yeah, um, not good. So that's, yeah, that's when you say rehab, you mean, yeah. you mean... When like, I say uh, rehab uh, there... Like our I, friend Richard Johnson calls it the... Uh, Nick Saban school for wayward boys. Yes, exactly. That, exactly. Yes, that, yeah, and it yeah. said like, Hey, you, you know, you clearly can do the X's and O's part as you've demonstrated. You, you, you can't do the, the program building part, learn how to do the program building part. Now, again, look at the track record of former Saban guys. Uh, you could argue, I don't know what the hit rate is, but it's Kirby a Smart, strategy. That's it. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a strategy. It's Kirby. I mean, it, to be fair, those guys have to coach in the SEC and play Nick Saban every year which never really seems to work out. Um, and Lane Kiffin's been a success, strangely, at Ole Miss. I would classify him as a success. He certainly was at FAU. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I want this to work from a conceptual standpoint because I like what Sarkeesian does on offense. Uh, I also don't want Texas to be good. So it is kind of, you know, between a rock and a hard place there. Yes, I'm also weirdly cognizant of the fact that for TCU to ever get in the playoff the big 12 is going to have to have three top top 15 teams and two of them are going to have to going to have to be Texas and Oklahoma that TCU beats uh, go undefeated you made the playoff 
I don't, I don't know that's true. Um, oh, it is. But, but. Just win all your games. I, so, so there is that there, but I mean, I do, I look, I, I, I like Sark's offense at, at Alabama. And again, I'll say he, he's demonstrated he can take elite talent and overwhelm you, which Texas has had elite talent and not been doing. So that'll be interesting. He's got some really, really good options uh, at quarterback going forward. And of course, talent, you know, everywhere on the edge and the offensive line and all that. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting hire, obviously time for Texas to, to make a move uh, on, on multiple fronts, even as the political economy of that situation kind of spiraled. I do think that Sarkeesian is a risky hire. It is an ambitious hire. Uh, but scared money don't make money. So I don't know. Scared money don't make money, but I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you, but what about it makes it risky outside of the fact that he, again, not making fun of him for it. He did it some personal issues, but by all accounts is over those. Um, he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama and like every coordinator, and Mike Loxley got a job at Maryland. I mean, it's not necessarily a risk. It almost seems, it's not a punt, but it's just, I would call it uninspiring. Well, especially when they were like urban Meyer or bust, or you heard like Brian Kelly. Right. Uh, this is when I think I'm okay. I don't know if I've actually said this out loud or not, but like Gary Kubiak was talked to about this job because they were going to sell yeah. out the NFL kind of aspect. And so it is a little underwhelming there, but you know, perhaps that lowers the expectation, perhaps that, um, or at least the immediate pressure, perhaps that gives him a little room to work. Uh, obviously, uh, it, you know, if he flames out and they go four and eight or something, it'll be hilarious. Uh, so it's kind of a win-win uh, for for Texas and for for non-Texas fans. <laughs> there is a somewhere there's a fan of both the Houston Texans and the Texas Longhorns that if they knew Gary Kubiak was about to take that job, would have had a heart attack. Because yeah. if Bill O'Brien was a bad head coach, you should have seen Gary Kubiak in Houston. I mean, how he, many? He, he won a super. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, but you should have seen Kubiak in Houston. Yeah, how many Ooh, how many Longhorn slash Texans fans like wake up in the morning and think they see <laughs> Gary Kubiak in their mirror in the bathroom? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Um, but uh, R.I.P. Tom, you went one and four against TCU. We thank you for it. And we said you weren't a good coach all along, and you you vindicated <laughs> us. And and Tom, I like being right, and I just I appreciate that that validation. Thank you. That was that was not a guess. That was after a lot of research and a <laughs> like education and watching film. We arrived yeah. at it, by God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Herman's biggest accomplishment was recruiting Ed Oliver. That's still true. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Yeah, that is true. That, uh, no, his biggest, accomplishment, his biggest accomplishment was losing to Maryland twice. Oh, gosh. You yeah, can accomplish that failure. That is hard You can accomplish do. failure. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to talk like, about good programs now? Yes. Sorry, I was going to say, that's not like failing oh, up. Ahead. That's like succeeding down. <laughs> it's yeah. like the opposite of failing up is what Tom Herman did. Dude, um, Tom Herman succeeded down. He, yeah. he won like eight or nine games a year, <laughs> recruited well, out the door. That's great. Remind me to put that on Twitter uh, as we uh, yes, put this out there. Okay, yes, I don't want to talk about Texas anymore. The Texas Bowl got canceled. We don't have TCU football to, to talk about, but the Big 12 did go 5-0 and in bowls. Um, pretty impressively. Uh I might add, uh, with the exception of perhaps, well, I mean, to, you know, three, three games were, were more impressive than the other two. Um, but let's just kind of go line by line and, and talk about these pretty briefly. Uh, Oklahoma State 37, Miami 34. Uh, big news out of that is uh, Derek King uh, messed up his knee in a non-contact injury, had ACL surgery, was out for a lot of that game, and Nikosi Perry came in. Um, Grant, what did you think? Uh, I, I think the way we'll frame this is, from what you saw in that game, what, what do you think about Oklahoma State in 2021? 
I think they'll be basically the same team. Am I wrong? I mean, I think they're going to be eight wins, nine wins, and be Oklahoma State, as they always are. Yeah. Time is well, a flat circle. And this year it was supposed to be like – they're better. They're different. They're they're yes, defensive yeah. heavy now. And I think next year it'll go back to like the eh, defense is going to be pretty good, but the offense will be driving the train, which is definitely more Oklahoma state. I mean, they you know, 37 points, pretty good. Miami's defense is Swiss cheese, but um, yeah. I, well, and they gave up 34 to mostly a backup quarterback. To to King out. Not even just a backup quarterback that we like, don't know anything about, but like Nikosi Perry who played all of last year and was very bad. So yes, he was. Yeah, I know. And, but, you know, Tylen Wallace is not coming back. Um, he announced he's going to the draft, so they're going to be missing that weapon there. Um, I don't know about Chuba Hubbard. Is he going? Is he staying? I know that's a big he's definitely issue gone. for that. Uh, okay. Dylan, uh, uh, Dylan Stoner, after 19 years of NCAA uh, <laughs> college, he broke all sorts of records for uh, just, you know, sheer Longevity. volume. Uh, he is, the Perry Ellis of, yes, of football. Yeah. <laughs> the Are you sure you're not 34? Uh, yeah, kind of a guy. <laughs> So he's, he's gone. And, and yeah, so, I mean, there'll be, you know, we'll learn new names, obviously LD Brown is a really good running back for them. Um, and then the guy who played against TCU, cause Brown was out. Yeah. What was his name? The third string guy. Can you remember? Oh, I can't good. either, but he was good. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So we talked about Texas, so we won't stay too long in this one. Alamo bowl, Texas 55, Colorado 23, Colorado is a technical term here. Colorado is ass. Mm-hmm. How did they make the Alamo bowl? Uh, attrition i don't know how that math works. okay yeah you're right you're right yep because usc yep. didn't play in a bowl game no i don't think washington did washington couldn't because of the COVID stuff and so you start slotting yeah. people and you're like well they were four and two there's just not anybody else there so get in there come on buffaloes yeah yeah it, it was yeah it was which, not a real game which Although, good for them four, four and two is very impressive they hired carl dorrell who i was like that that guy hasn't been around i don't know what the heck that move is mm-hmm. and he's four and two after being on campus for the first time in like the third week of february during a pandemic yeah. year so uh very impressive for them for but, sure but they're they're pretty bad yeah uh i will say casey uh casey and Bijan for texas casey thompson and Bijan robinson are frightening and will be good next year especially yeah. if sark uses Bijan almost kind of like Najee harris in the passing game is going to be frightening and if sark doesn't run Bijan for 10 attempts and then puts him on the shelf for three quarters yes if he doesn't do that as well yeah um Lots of uncertainty with Texas. I do think they'll be high quality. They'll pretty obviously be a top 25 preseason team, which, you know, means yeah. mean. uh, Florida 20, Oklahoma 55. Uh, did you expect this? I thought Oklahoma was going to win. I did not did think you? they'd put up 55 points <clears throat> on Florida, even if Florida, like Florida's offense is missing a lot of key, key players, all that. But 55 points, good God almighty. Uh, Oklahoma... Yeah. If you let's do this dumb exercise that everyone on Twitter has done. If you had to rank Oklahoma right now, are they what the fifth best team in the? If, you know, if all the teams lined up and played tomorrow, fifth, fourth. I I mean I would be inclined to take Lincoln Riley over whatever Clemson was doing. You know, all I'll see yeah, we'll get to that. Night. We'll get to that. Yeah. So. I think you can make an argument for, for anywhere in three to five, depending on how much you believe Clemson's performance and what, how you feel about A&M. But I do, I do think yeah. they're absolutely top five. They're insane. Those, the fact that they lost those two games to Iowa state and Kansas state does not make any sense to me. I don't know how that happened. Um, they're going to win the big 12 next year and say, love you. 
yeah, this is the down year. Everyone in the Big 12 had their shot and no one could do it. So no one <clears> could <throat> touch them. Yeah. But dude, they beat the hell out of Florida. Yeah, they 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 very did. That was very fun. There were some really good plays. Uh shout out to friend of the podcast, Keegan Renault. Uh on on Twitter, he's been doing a bunch of like video voiceover kind of things. Um, and and so if you're into great offense and how you know Lincoln Riley builds on plays, that would be a good place to go check him out on Twitter. Um, Thursday, uh, we had West Virginia 24, Army 21. West Virginia did everything they could do to lose this game, including bringing in Austin Kendall uh, halfway through <laughs> to try and revitalize the offense. That's not a mistake. They brought in Austin Kendall to try and revitalize the offense. Uh, can I be honest with you? I didn't watch a second of this game because I have better things to do with my time than watch West Virginia Army at a bowl game. So I did not know that happened. I'm finding out live on air. And oh, my goodness, it worked. Yeah, this this rule, this was obviously like, you know, this just came down to town. This was sicko's ball. One more yeah. score. You're you're you know, uh you're you're either uh a fan of one of these teams or a degenerate or stuck at your in-laws like I was um mm-hmm. watching this game. Although I say that and I think I was actually at my parents, so my wife was stuck at our in-laws, but whatever. Uh but either way, what if one of you was watching West Virginia <laughs> Army at your in-laws? Stuck there. I might just be a degenerate. <laughs> Uh, okay, the last one, the uh, <laughs> last Big 12 completing the sweep, 5-0. and oh, uh, Iowa State, 34. Oregon, 17. Small sample size of games of Oregon. Not sure what to expect. They just really didn't look good. Iowa State looked sharp and disciplined and like they had played, you know, 12 games and were very talented, and Oregon did not. And so this was uh, definitely a larger margin than I expected, but I, I expected Iowa State to win this game. Just, man, 34-17. They took advantage of every opportunity. They were amped. They did, and I bet this take is going to sound very uh, – uh, I don't have a word for it, but this take is going to sound dumb. Let me work through it. If, if there is that sort of effect of, you know, oh, well, this team didn't care about this game, whatever, that's stupid and dumb. If that effect exists, it will never affect a Matt Campbell coach team. I'll tell you that. I mean, that guy is he's, – he's a really, really good football coach, and he got him up for Oregon, did their job. It was – Kind of, it was a boring Iowa State seventeen point win, which they've done all season. Um, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. Um, I did a series of tweets. I was looking at like game control, just playing with some different measures. And Iowa State basically all year was like, when they played bad teams, they dominated them, and then everyone else, they just kept it close enough to win. And this was kind of it. Yep. And they just took advantage of every opportunity. So really good, bring back a lot. I don't think their kind of key losses on offense are going to be Dylan Soner and. Uh, Charlie Kolar and honestly, the, like Kolar is obviously a different echelon than, yeah. than Soner, but I, I think both of them were pretty replaceable in that scheme. So Soner's well, Soner's career ended on that block, dude. Which is uh, crazy because like all year people talked about how good at blocking he was and just like cherry on the top to get that. That's hilarious. I mean, I would die. I would die. That that oh, hit would have killed you, me. That scraped me off the field. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not like making fun of him on that. I'm just saying it's funny that he got a he got a big reputation for like his blocking, which really wasn't anything other than the fact that they just didn't have. He just didn't play tight end. He played slot and he mm-hmm. did the blocking of like tight end. So uh, neat, neat trick. And he got uh, put on his behind because uh, Oregon clearly saw film of him doing that and said, we're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. So um, I guess the bigger question before we actually get to some TCU news, now that we're what, 30 minutes into this, geez. Um, wh- what do you make of the big 12 going five and zero in bowls? What is that? Does that uh, warm the cockles of your heart? Does that uh, inspire you about the future of the league? How do you feel about that? What does that, mean for big 12 fans it doesn't mean anything to me (laughs) 
Seriously, I don't no, care. It doesn't at all. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It I don't mean care. I don't care at all. Especially because TCU didn't play. I had people in the mentions like, yeah, I could not give less of a like, crap. oh, the big, at least the Big 12 went 500. No, I wish they went 0 and 5. Screw everybody. Don't care. Do not care. No, yeah. there are programs in the Big 12 that I like or that I think are fun to watch. Like, I, I enjoy watching Oklahoma play football. I wouldn't say I root for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it's humming, it's fun to watch. So that leads to wins. But I don't care if West Virginia beats Army. Are you kidding me? No, I want an Army win. Yeah, absolutely. I support the troops. Yeah. Why would I pull for West Virginia? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't care at all. It means nothing. This season means nothing except that Alabama's the best team in the country and they're going to win. That's all it means. Again. They, they very much are. Um, okay. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to transition us because I believe we're going to talk about some, some breaking news or do we want to talk about some, uh, Oh, let's or do our breaking news. No, no, let's go breaking news first. Okay, so breaking news that we that we heard today, rumblings last week. Chandler Morris transferred from Oklahoma, uh, four star recruit uh, out of Highland Park. Chad Morris's son has signed with TCU. Uh, he is immediately eligible. He has four years of eligibility, uh, and TCU's quarterback room gets a little more interesting. Uh, Grant, uh, is Chandler Morris the future? It, yeah, in 2022, with Max Wines a Heisman and goes pro, um, I am excited to have Chandler Morris be our quarterback. Uh, look, it is always good, as a rule, to add talent to your roster. Chandler Morris is a talented quarterback, four-star, as you said, so it is good that he is in the quarterback room. That's it. I will be very interested, because I'm not the one that makes these decisions, and you're not either, if he truly does challenge Duggan for the starting role. In Grant's world, the best quarterback wins. I think that quarterback is Max Duggan, and I think that consistency would help. Um, As a fan, I don't want Chandler to start because that's no offense to him. I want Max to start. But uh, I don't know, man. It's – it's again, adding talent is good. That's my final take. Yeah, I mean, uh, so so I'll say I can kind of like set my fandom aside. Like I think Max Duggan, if if, – uh the the best player should play i know that's like really dumb to say yeah, but for, like, sure, for sure i have no like hey man there's not loyalty or whatever but it, it is like uh if if they couldn't put an offense around max duggan with the talent they had like and they bring in chandler and they change the offense and, and they run it with chandler that's just going to be a damn shame like that's that's really yeah, how i feel yeah. i want cc yeah. to win if they win doing that and that's what they want to do obviously fine like that that stinks but i mean yeah so 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 the biggest thing here i think from kind of an analytical perspective is uh let me read you some names wilson long luke party christian gelov jake newfield stefan brown matt downing carter burr grant buchler that's TCU's yeah. uh that's what's behind TCU right now. Matt Downing or behind Max Duggan. Uh Matt Downing played meaningful minutes, and that's unacceptable if you want to compete nationally. Like that's again, we're pro Matt Downing. He did great. Like he he did what he was asked. He yep. worked hard and earned a spot given the context, but like, nope, absolutely cannot happen. You've got to be rolling three deep with guys who could start. TCU uh absolutely needed this quarterback depth even as they're bringing in a couple guys who I think could compete for, for starting jobs uh, in the future. I do think that this makes the quarterback room more interesting for 2022, 2023, 24, less, less, more, more so just depth for 2021. Yes, I agree. And this, we should also address this point as well. And, and, and you're actually more informed on this than I am, but from what we've read or heard uh, and for some of our friends, this does not mean Chad Morris is coming to TCU as an analyst role. 
Yeah. I, uh, yes. I'm again, I don't, I don't know anything. Right. I'm just assuming that there isn't a new hire given the way that things are working out. Yeah. Cause if, 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 if you guys, uh, if, if y'all don't know, Tim Beck was like a coach at Pitt state, uh, D2 Pitt state for, for a really long time. We're and back to Pittsburgh state. Second week in a row. All roads lead through Pittsburgh, Kansas. And, and he has been a volunteer assistant for TCU last year. And it would just blow my mind if he did not, get a paid position this year. So I, I, I don't think there's a new offensive coordinator hire. Doug Meacham was very well. Jerry K- kill was very clearly the offensive coordinator last year. Jerry kill will very clearly be the offensive coordinator this year, regardless of titles, Tim Beck will probably be involved in a more on field capacity. Yes, for sure. Uh, as much as I would like to have a man that won a high school championship with the base city black hats in 2000 on the TCU coaching staff. Uh, I doubt it very seriously. Dude, yeah, Chad, go go back to Highland Park, man. You know, sit in your backyard, drink some sweet tea, maybe throw some vodka in it here and there, and, and relax for a year. It's been a long, yeah, it's been a long couple of years it. for Chad Morris. You've earned it. He's earned it. Or if you're an Arkansas fan, maybe he hasn't. Who can say? Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's really all I have to say about it. I mean, I, I could think of multiple multiple paths that are kind of conflicting and annoying. Like it could be very true that Chandler Morris is better than Max Duggan. It comes in and TCU runs the exact same offense and Chandler Morris can make these throws that Max Duggan can't, Um, which again, it's a shame that you wasted two years asking a quarterback to do things that he couldn't do instead of finding a new one. uh, If you weren't going to change, I could also see them, you know, him coming in and the level of competition increases and Duggan benefits from it. I think he's absolutely a competitive kid. I think that could push him further. That might be a problem this year. Um, and I, and the third thing I could see is that they could, you know, change the offense with Duggan and, uh, and then have to, you know, and then Chandler gets a couple of years to learn it and then takes over. So really, really interesting pop possibilities. Yeah. I'm looking up, uh, I'm trying to figure out at what point, uh, <laughs> they make the switch from Delton <laughs> to Chandler Morris and or Duggan to Chandler Morris and piss everybody off. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule now. Cal, SMU, Iowa State, Kansas State. It'll be heading into Oklahoma, and everyone's going to be furious. Oh man, I don't know that that, that there's no wait. way Gary does that too. I don't know. Yeah, because <clears throat> uh, oh, really? there's no way Purdue was oh, really? Duggan's first. There's start. no way he does it. There's no uh, way. Sure. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Not before say. Oklahoma, but also I don't think those are. Um, I, I don't know that those are ordered. I uh, think they are. Yeah, I haven't seen. So. Oh yeah. no, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, yes, you're 100 percent right. My bad, my bad. I was looking at this. Um, you were looking at it alphabetically because that's what... Yeah. I am not. I, I'm, on, I'm on the great uh, fbschedules.com. They're not alphabetical. Thank you very much. Uh, one other bit of transfer news real quick. Uh, if you could send a rescue boat to get me from Brandon Bowen Island, I would really appreciate it uh, because Dude. I was the last man there and he is no, no longer on the roster. I'm going back to... I'm going back to... Look, man, I was like, TCU's going to play three down and Bowen's going to be the heavy end. This is going to be great. Um, I'm, I'm going back to Bruce Springsteen in my, um, what epigraph for, uh, for Brandon yeah. Bowen, uh, is a dream a lie if it don't come true or is it something worse? Uh, per sources, it was something worse. Uh, okay. Do you want to Bowen, do you want to... <laughs> hope the high road leads you home. Uh, you just switch from Springsteen to Isabel. You really should have been a sports writer. They're the same That's thing. That's how, how dare you? Uh, okay, let's let's one one. We're gonna go. We're we're going like fifteen minutes on this last segment because this is uh, 
This is a long Sunday episode. Um, so it's the new year, and I thought it would be fun a little bit to talk about some New Year's resolutions that TCU should um, should make. So I, I don't know how many you have, Grant. I don't know how many I have. Uh, you know that we can we can kind of do a list and go back and forth. But how about we just uh, swap off on New Year's resolutions and talk about them until we run out of them? Okay, I, uh, can I start? Yeah, please. I, this one this one's not as serious as the others. We're going to have a, a segment this offseason about the TCU game day experience. But my first resolution is to get rid of the people in the stands and the overalls at the front of the student section. That is my first New Year's resolution. Yeah. Take the microphone away from the kid. Stop it. Don't do it. Stop doing it. It's not the kid's fault. It's not, he's, he's put in a bad position. He, he or her is put in a bad position. Uh, he or she, sorry. But uh, it, it, it stinks. It stunk when I was there. It still stinks. It is not good. It is not good. They're not good. Um, no, it is not good. Keep the flags. Keep the, the fear of the frog flag. All that's great. Mm. Uh, we don't need them in the overalls yelling. It's bad. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's a really good one. Um, mine is very sarcastic and very bitter. Uh, the first one is is just to, you know, have more fun with your friends. Uh, there's been some consternation <laughs> on TCU's sideline. There's been some, you know, losing and all that. And you know, ideal world, uh, they're, they're winning games and everyone's happy and everyone gets along. And so that's, that's what I'm rooting for. Uh, I think that's, that's the New Year's resolution. Well, I don't even know if that's true. Was anyone really happy in like 2014? I don't remember a whole lot of smiling. No, this is like my favorite anecdote too, is like Meacham and Cumby were like furious because they would yeah. call plays and be like, wait, what the hell is that guy doing? Oh, it's a touchdown. Yeah. Um, which is No one was happy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but, but okay, sure. Yeah, have fun. Uh, mine is, mine is, my next one's similar. It's, uh, you know, stay healthy. You know, uh, get some exercise, but especially at corner if I'm drilling down. Because Travis, Travis Hodges Tomlinson is coming down. I want TCU to, to, to have two cornerbacks that start at least 12 games. I don't even care who it is. That I don't even care. Happened? I don't, I don't care if it's the appetizer himself, CJ Caesar. We, we have to have two cornerbacks that start 12 games. Yeah. I, I, for consistency's I, sake. I agree with that one. We're, we're going to call that one limber up. Uh, that's the, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take a lap. Um, you know, Cat uh, Stevens has that song and says, if you want to be, if you want to be you, be you. If you want to be me, be me. If you want to be free, be free, you know? Uh, and, and, and that's kind of my, the new year's resolution is, um, if you want to be a slow ass grinded out team, I said, ass grinded out team, uh, ass grind. be, be the ass grind team. Do that. Um, TCU mm -hmm. this year was, uh, 15th in drives per game, uh, on offense. So that's high, right. In, in mm -hmm. terms of pace, how many drives you're doing, um, on defense, they were 117th. Uh, both of those were 13.5 and 13.8 drives per game. Um, that, that is not consistent with the ideology you espouse. So find out what offense you want to run, find out what team identity you have and, and don't half-ass it. Um, I think that's part of uh, phasing out of Cumbie. I think that's part of Jerry Kill having an offseason to talk to Meacham about here's the plays you can call, here's the plays you can't call, here's when you can get creative, here's when you should uh, stick, stick to the plan. But look, man, uh, if you want to be Big 12 Pitt, be Big 12 Pitt, but you can't be Big Ugh. 12 Pitt if you run a Texas Tech's offense. So um, that if you if figure out what you want and do it. I do not want to be Big 12 Pitt. That's the the Mike Ehrman trap for Breaking Bad. No half measures. No half measures. Full, Great no point. half measures. No half measures. Um, 
you know, Parker, there is a great song by uh, the immortal Warren Zevon, uh, Hit Somebody. That's what it's called. And it's, it's about a hockey player. And David Letterman yells, Hit Somebody in the background of it. For TCU's offensive line, your New Year's resolution is hit somebody. I, that's, that's nebulous. It's hard to define. I, I, I want mean. Be mean. I, you know, we love Coastal Carolina because it's a bunch of short, angry dudes with, with that apparently want to commit crimes on the football field. Stop short of criminal activity, but don't stand there passively as your quarterback gets hit. I want to see more activity out of the offensive line this year. I love that so much that I, I had a frog in my throat for a second. Cause there, there was like a couple <laughs> moments where I, I think it was, um, I, was it Andrew Coker or TJ Stormont in the Oklahoma state game who uh, hit the guy in the end zone after the touchdown and got hip thrown. Yeah. Like the yeah. Oklahoma state defensive end is like a yep. state champion wrestler and had enough right. to, to flip or whatever. And everybody's like, Oh, he got whatever. And I was like one, how many points is that worth? In wrestling, it's worth two unless it's you know freestyle, and then it's worth three if you get him on hey, two and yeah. five. But you know, TCU got a touchdown, and the dude got in his face, and 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 storm it for like first time all season was like, hey, f you, I'm gonna stand up for myself. So yeah, um, yeah, I t- I it's, totally it's, agree with that. I the my, the mental image of this season to me is still, I think it was Jaquan Bailey jogging around TJ Stormit for the sack in the opening game. Yeah, uh, on Downing, that, wh- whatever that was, do the opposite of that in 2021. I don't care. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, even even if you're even if you're worse, uh, be be mad. Um, just don't be passive. It, what's the old football cliche? If you're gonna make a mistake, make it go at 100 miles an hour. Exactly. By God. Um, every time somebody pulls, you have to hit somebody. That's the New Year's resolution. Yes. Can we dial that in? Yes. When yes. you pull, yes. someone's going to the ground. I don't care if it's yes. the referee. I don't care if it's somebody on the sideline. But if you come around the corner, you. hit somebody. Yes. Um, yeah, geez. Okay, uh, I think I've got one one more too. So um, TCU's defense was third nationally in success rate allowed, mm-hmm. 33.1%. Very, very low. TCU's defense was third nationally in three and out percentage, 42%, um, which is very, very good. TCU's defense was 24th in average starting field position, 27.3 yard line. Um, and they were uh, 51st in points per scoring opportunity, which is not not as good, but but still better than average. Um, TCU was 127th in isolated points per play. TCU was 127th in marginal explosiveness, uh, per our friend Bill C. Um, you gotta lock up the explosive plays. So yep. uh, I, I'm calling I'm calling that put a lid on it. Uh, that's that's our, our New Year's resolution is uh, you're going to beat us, but to beat us, you've got to drive the ball 75 yards on 15 plays, and it's going to be terrible, which kind of goes back to that identity thing. Um, if you give up these explosive plays, you're, you're, you're going to lose these games you shouldn't. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a great resolution, and I think good TCU teams in the past operated on that principle. I mean, say, you, maybe you'll score on us, but it ain't going to be over the top. You know, We're going to keep it in front of us. I'm not saying play the prevent defense, but yeah, I completely agree. That, that's a great resolution. I'm scrambling to think of a song that will accompany it to keep the theme going, but uh, I'm not doing a very good job of it. Yeah, everything I thought of was kind of dumb, so I didn't say any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the last time I listened to Seize to Begin, Band of Horses. Uh, I'll think of a general specific lyric and we'll, we'll work it in there. Um, yeah, okay. Do you, have, do you have any more? 
I think those were those were my three. So so my three were uh, have fun with your friends. If you want to be you, be you, uh, and put a lid on it. Yeah, and I had a limber up, uh, hit somebody, and get rid of the overalls. And get rid of the gosh dang overalls. Yeah, no, that was we like offhandedly one of our earlier episodes. We said something about the TCU experience. Yeah, and Grant, I got like seven DMs about that, which is yeah. a ton. Like. Yeah, just just on that one subject, I was like, okay, we're gonna definitely do that. Um, all right, well, so I, I think before we go, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the playoff just a little bit. Sure. As much you know, as college football is increasingly dominated by our corporate overlords, and we are just subjects to having to talk about these three neutral site games where beers cost sixty dollars. Um, what you think about the playoff? Uh well, Notre Dame, Alabama went about exactly as I would have expected, but. Ohio State Clemson was a shocker, Parker. I think we both had Clemson winning that game. Yeah. You said Clemson would handle Ohio State easily, uh, and I thought the same. They uh, they did not do that. No. Um, one, I'll say the Sky Cam is so much fun. The Sky Cam is yeah, so cool. much better than the normal cam um, because I was just able to you're just able to see like, oh, that's what Trevor Lawrence sees. Oh, that's what he wants. Oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't even know, man. Like like obviously. Once, once Clemson got off script on offense, they really didn't have much, which they're missing their play caller. Uh, and so that seems to be a pretty big hole. But Ohio State was just done it, man. And Justin Fields kind of had that little bit of extra something uh, beyond just being talented, but being able to kind of mm-hmm. make the game work. Um, RAP to his vertebrae. But other than that, man, he was, he was killing it. So That would have been like number one on the ESPN jacked up segment in 2007. Like yeah. Tom Jackson and Chris Berman would have been like doing a touchdown dance in the studio when they saw that. Which like um, it was a crazy hit and it wasn't like explicitly dirty. So I can say No, it wasn't. Okay, there should be, you know, we should do kind of like the red card, yellow card system where it's like this one yeah. was bad, here's 15 yards. This one was really bad. You're out of here. You're out of here. And it was stupid. The guy lowered his head and and it was an awful, awful hit. Uh and so you could definitely argue, ah, oh, it was kind of incidental. It it shouldn't be an ejection. But everybody posting be like, this is football. This is good. Like, this is, I can't believe everybody's oh, yeah. this, whatever. It's like, dude, one, you're just like me. You're overweight, holding a beer, sitting on your couch, typing that stupid tweet. So one, chill out. Two, literally full speed athletes, helmet to spleen. Like that is not football. That's not what we're looking for here. No. Um, yeah. So, so that sucks there's, too that that kind of became a, a, a lightning rod, but. And there's a middle ground between those like chunderheads and then the dudes that were like, Actually, if you look at the letter of the law, this is textbook targeting. It's like, okay, well, but then I think maybe the intent of the law doesn't match up with the text. Like there's a middle, like we could agree that, hey, this sucks. This guy got ejected, all that. Like, yeah. like you said, it wasn't a dirty hit. Um, yeah, it, it's, there are two different things. Well, it's kind of like the Iowa State guy, um, Smith Young. I'm confused about his last name. They got ejected on like the first drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, he made a stupid hit, but it wasn't like, hey, I'm launching myself trying to kill somebody. It was just, hey, I'm mm-hmm. a little jacked up. And you, you hate that those guys get punished like that. Um, and, and it affects the outcome of games. Um, for sure. I don't know that there's any way in the world that Justin Fields is going to be 100% healthy for the no. uh, championship. I don't know no. if it would matter because Alabama looks just effortlessly good. Ohio State yeah. looks good, but man, it looks like they got to work for it, you know? Yeah. And I, so, okay, before I say this, Alabama and North Carolina, obviously two very, like, in, different stratospheres of teams but carolina had two of the better running backs of the country when they played notre dame and notre dame shut them down uh, then alabama came into this game and Najee harris said actually i'm just going to run 
literally over you, uh, above you, through you, around you, all that. And then um, Devontae Smith, if he doesn't win the Heisman, something's wrong. Every time you looked up, he was catching a pass for a touchdown. That, that's one of those, like, what are we doing here if he doesn't win the Heisman? Yeah. Like, he, he, he could start for, like, the Colts in the playoffs next week easily. Yep, which is crazy because, like, Waddle, Jalen Waddle Might probably be also could. And, like, John Mechie is going to be an NFL, mm-hmm. like, wide receiver. It's just not fair. Uh, I think what I tweeted was the most interesting thing about Alabama is they have a ruthless commitment to giving, taking what the defense gives you. And they also have athletes at every position to do whatever the hell they want. So it's like, hey, we're going to do what yeah. we want. And then if you make a mistake, we're going to do it even harder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just, just crazy. Yeah. Uh, that was a, I remember you sending that tweet that that was a good one. And it's, it's, and the defense, I mean, they took their foot off the gas pedal. They didn't really pressure Ian Book as much as I thought they would. Although Notre Dame's offensive line is, is it's pretty decent, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know where on the field Ohio State has an advantage over Alabama. Justin Fields, I mean, you could argue him or Mac Jones. I, I, Fields is probably the better there. But with the weapons that Jones has around him, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say I don't think it'll be close, but I think Alabama wins because of the better maybe team. Maybe a shootout, which would be very fun. Yes, I agree. I agree. Although, like you said, Clemson didn't have their, their – um, their play caller and that hurt and they couldn't adjust, but Ohio State's defense smothered Clemson. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, looked they, they, they could not run the ball. Yeah. They could not run the ball at all the entire game and just took away a complete dimension of their offense. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So, so it'll be interesting to see like, because, because I, I think that Clemson doesn't have like the outside athletes to kind of do mm-hmm. the one, two punch. And so Alabama's a little bit more pick your poison. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully Sark is, you know, 100% engaged and doesn't pull Lane Kiffin and can coach so that we can get that kind of full full up there. Um, yeah, well, okay, so that's kind of college football. I feel like that's kind of the end of our, our regular stuff. I wish we were talking about a TCU win over Arkansas right now. Uh, but again, life happens and, and the fates intervene. Um, so we'll, we'll post this. Um, make sure that you follow Grant on Twitter at Grant McGalliard with all those vowels spelled exactly like it sounds and uh i'm uh i'm on twitter at stats of war please subscribe to the purple theory newsletter we're um trying to work on getting getting more paid and free content so it's not like hey you either sign up and 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 are behind the wall and get everything or you get nothing so trying Mm -hmm. to work that out a little bit more of a balance but we'll have plenty of off-season content um kind of both informally like hey here's this idea i have a couple pieces about film and stuff that i just haven't finished that i'll get out um and some, some recurring stuff as well. So make sure you're signed up for that, purpletheory.substack.com. Um, other than that, Grant, uh, you good? I'm good. Go Frogs. Go Frogs. <laughs>